Hey folks, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 152. 152. Echo. Everybody, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 152. Oh my God, what a special episode. It is a special episode. We have David Lindbergh here with us. Yeah, you're right. How otherwise you known as Dave Lindbergh. We've got new gear that smells like new sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it like, does. Lean in, David, it does lean into your bit. mic and tell me if it smells like a sneaker. It has that, that new, new car smell. smell it does. Right? It does. Fancy. And we also have uh, Rich VK here, the original producer. Original producer. That's What's up, right. Rich. How you doing, Rich? Talking to the mic. Good. All right. <laughs> Not doing much on producing, but <laughs> but doing all right otherwise. Yeah, yeah. See, and the gear's a little wonky right there, so you probably don't want to mess with the microphones as much. You want to mess with the articulating arm. That's right. Yeah, that's we, right. We, we our podcast got articulated. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, today I, I need to get a little just uh, today a little wrench and uh, take yeah, care right. of that. Yeah. So, David, uh, what's up, dude? Thank you for coming. Nothing much. Happy to be here. Um, I met you under unfortunate circumstances. Dire, indeed. It, it turns out that we both share a, a friend in Jeff DeVille over here, and we met each other at University Medical Center. That's right. As we were, like, rallying around, taking due diligence notes, and you were, like, on fire on that. By the way, like, you were, you were, like, we're going to stay on top of what these doctors are doing. Yeah, I came hard. You came hard, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. And they knew it. Yeah. The doctors, like, yeah, okay. knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my only experience with something like this before was when uh, another friend mm-hmm. was in the hospital, you know, after cancer and he was put into a coma and it was a, a big mess. Right. And he had nobody. But Jeff had, Jeff had an army. But, you know, I came hard and then realized, like, I can pull back a little. Like, this is, you know, this is good. We have a good thing going here. Yeah, Jeff's coherent. Jeff's like totally involved. So I'm going to chill out a little bit. But uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. It's, a, it's a completely different situation right. than when Dave was uh, was in his uh, in coma like state. Yes. There. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or did they officially call it a coma? Was it? I don't know. I, I mean, don't. I don't know. If it he was. was un- he was yeah. under. They called he was it under. Coma. Yeah. Right. right exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's completely different, you know. Like, the person's unconscious, and then you just have friends and family there advocating for you, right? And uh, yeah, that's it. That was a unique circumstance, <laughs> right? <laughs> to I say mean, the least. David had us, yeah, like end of list, right? That's it was right. like yeah, just yeah. us, like yeah. And you know, we had to go hard because there was really nobody else, and then he couldn't sort of understand what was going on. So, and he has that long history, and yeah. Anyway, um, I, yeah, okay, we gotta, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I that's one thing we gotta watch out for. <laughs> yeah, that's me. The banging on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Joel's, got, equipment, Joel's right. coughing, banging on the table here. We bought all this gear, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, it, yeah, it doesn't. It's chaos. It, it's still chaos. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, you, that's how you guys met, and and you know what I want to say that. Uh, that is something that I've always kind of wanted to see happen is like my greater friend group, you know, meeting up kind of with Joel's greater friend group and, uh, you know, and, and those paths crossing because it, it, it's all such good people, you know. 
Well, I mean, there were different circumstances. It could have been a little more. Yeah, no, <laughs> joyous. Sure, sure. Right, right. Exactly. No, but, the uh, only way it can happen is cancer. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but you know that that whole thing. It was like once. You know, we sort of settled into you being cogent and being aware of what was going on. It it it, it became a lot lighter. You know what I mean? It wasn't as dire or as like sure. you know scary. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Having somebody be lucid and there is yeah. super helpful. Is, is that helpful? Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Especially dealing with a, like such a champ. You know, you were like such a champ. So and still are total i mean you're an inspiration it's really great i hope that i can keep it up uh, on this third round man I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you in the past week i had a few moments you know stress and, well yeah. i mean you know that i say this but like the the doctor dangled a carrot a little <laughs> bit and tracy's looking at me like yeah whatever a carrot <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about well he was he was like maybe you're not gonna have to endure oh, right. the harshest third round in the way that you've done it before because the results have been so good that we'll do an independent evaluation in the meantime and and back off of it a little bit and move to radiation and uh, outpatient chemo and you know when he said that um, it was like super you know it stuck in my head and I was I was super excited about the idea yeah I don't know why you're not coming through man yeah, your microphone isn't working at all. For all that banging on the table. Oh, hold on, watch. All right, you're like grabbing the microphone over there, Rich, with your hand. Right there, so I can hear all that stuff, by the way. And uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. Did you do something over there? No, I just I moved the articulating arm. Try to plug your plug in over there. See if that helps. Check, check. Hey, y'all, I'll edit this out. My bad. I hit mute on the wrong channel. I'm sorry, what's that? I hit mute on the wrong channel, sorry. You hit mute here on yeah. that channel right there? Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, there he is. I was Rich VK. Rich VK. Original <laughs> producer. Yeah. You it, hit mute on the four channel. I thought I was you, four. One, two, three, four. You are four, but you hit three. Uh, That's so what I happened. And you up. muted Joel. Can you mute four? Yeah, I can mute four. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Your four is muted. And can I get, I'm going to get my volume down, Rich. Can you show me which one I need? Uh, you are Thanks. Okay, we're, folks. Folks, right. we're learning. All right, we're learning. We're learning here. The new gear. We got some new gear. And, it smells uh, like tennis shoes. If we had, <laughs> see, this is the thing, is that uh, we bought we bought a new mixer, and it's a PreSonus mixer, uh, which is a company based in Baton Rouge. So if PreSonus, shout, uh, shout out to PreSonus. And before that, we had their uh, digital uh, interface box as well. So we've been rocking the PreSonus gear since we started. And so we're going to give PreSonus an independent plug right now. But, you know, guys, if you want to sponsor us, PreSonus, <laughs> if you're listening, we're all about it. And I'm just going to say right now. You know, you want to you you pony up five grand? And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have, like, the best gear you can possibly imagine. Can you give me some uh, Echo? Yeah, hold on one second here. For a sponsor? This is for a sponsor plug. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Lost leader of the week. Yeah, we are a lost leader. <laughs> Can't take us, everybody. Sponsor of the podcast. This is our fake advertisement. Lost leader. They're a lost leader. They have lost leaders. The tuna, dude. The tuna I'm is I'm just on. saying. The tuna can say, why do we give away our secrets? The Pringles. 
<laughs> that's a you thing. That's, that's a not me. a me thing. Yeah. yeah. But the tuna is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the cookies. It's so funny for a guy who's like, who like rocks the quinoa all the time. <laughs> right. You're like, Pringles. <laughs> yeah. Get some Pringles. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, yep. It's a you dy- like some? It's a, it's, a like, walk, it's a walking dichotomy, Jeff. Yeah, you like some Pringles, man. You like? <laughs> I sure do. You like some Pringles? I like sweet and salty. You with, like with wine and weed? Sweet and salty, wine and weed. HBO is all I done. need. Done. That's all I need. Thank <laughs> you. That's all. Is, I that need. A, is that a haiku or whatever you call and some, it? And some white cheddar popcorn. <laughs> That's right. Oh, if you're talking Kitsakos, you got to talk Thunder Cheese. Oh, Thunder yes. Cheese. Is I know the indeed, Thunder. It is so good. Come on. And that's expensive, but it's worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it. I could shovel that in my face all day long. Dude, again, I want to say something, man. Like, shout out to uh, David David Burley for helping out and everything. But I just want to say this, that, like, the Canseco's chicken salad rocks. They make great chicken salad. Yeah, the almond almond chicken salad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Savory chicken salad. The chicken salad that's not and, and trust me, I'm an, I'm a connoisseur now of chicken salad because I get a lot of chicken salad thrown at my way when I'm in the hospital. Because it's like the easy <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super you simple, know, right? It's super simple, yeah. right? Exactly. And, and you know, to, to be fair, I asked for it. You know, um, the Whole Foods chicken salad, mm, no, it's good. Leaves a lot to be desired. And really expensive. Well, here's the thing. Is that the Whole Foods way? Well, no, there's some cheap stuff there. We won't, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but there's some cheap stuff there. They put the grapes in there, man. I grapes. Can't. Why are you going to put a grape or a raisin in chicken salad? Don't put a raisin or a grape in chicken salad. Or potato salad. Keep your damn raisins out of my Keep that salad. shit out of my potato salad, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Nonsense. Yeah, for real. Just right. keep it simple. I know. So I know, I'm down. We should like, like after, after a while when I was eating, I'm eating that stuff, you know, and I had, I ate about half of it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. I can't eat the shit anymore. And that's when I panicked and I called Tracy. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> like, man. What happened? Keep your fruit out of my other foods. Keep your fruit away from my meat. Keep it away from my beer. Keep it away from my salad. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Right? I don't want to. I don't want an orange in my freaking blue moon. Right? I just want to drink a beer. That's like, right. I don't want to garnish. There's a beer that I've been tasting lately that's like tastes like a salad. It's like cilantro beer I'm like what keep, is that? keep the cilantro out of my beer right <laughs> I'll eat cilantro like as a top as you know accoutrement to my taco Rich VK what do you think about this man am I on mute I think he's muted oh yeah you're muted hold on now you're on mute hey uh, alright so I'm gonna go immediately into a story that has to be told <laughs> it's a life lesson type of thing okay buying pre-made food at Rouse's during Mardi Gras don't do it. Bad idea. <laughs> Everyone's hanging loose, and I got right. I got food. Yeah, food, si- yeah, I got food poisoning. Like forty-eight hours. You know, didn't have to go to the hospital, but like couldn't couldn't, couldn't do it for like. Wait, 40- what'd you yeah. get? What'd you get? Uh, I got like some type of like salad, like mayonnaise salad. Where you know you got to stay away from that. The mayonnaise. Yeah, and I thought I was being smart about that. <laughs> So, yeah. It's a great idea, mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being smart about this. Mayonnaise at Mardi Gras. Who knows what it was? It could have just been the dude's hand. That's true. It could have been fecal matter. Never know. Um, David Lindbergh, our guest tonight. Welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. I think we're doing the official introduction now. 
Um, yeah, I think we've gotten past all the technical snafus and everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're, we're ready rolling. to introduce our guests. That's right. Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a school teacher now, and uh, you're at Riverdale. What do you teach over there? I teach uh, film in the International Baccalaureate Program at Riverdale. And as a teacher, that's pretty much all I'm doing right now. So what else about me? What is the International Baccalaureate Program? All right, so um, Riverdale offers a degree, all right, the typical Louisiana diploma. Right, that everyone gets, that you got, I got, everybody gets when they go to high school. The International Baccalaureate is an additional diploma for students who decide to take on this curriculum that is much more rigorous. And only certain high schools in Jefferson Parish and a few in Orleans Parish offer it. And it's really, really rigorous, really, really um, involved. And the whole idea is to, um, to, uh, build students that are you know more communally involved more um culturally aware and every so every uh discipline english you know the sciences the uh, the arts all focus on kind of a global awareness and cross-cultural understanding so it's really cool for like Jefferson Parish to be doing something. That's like kind this. of incredible that that ever took That's a, a kind hold of fascinating. in Not Jefferson at all Parish. What expect, right? No, no. One thing it does for Riverdale is it pulls students from around the the district into Riverdale who want to go for it. So it's the, kind of the opposite of a magnet school. If you have the ambition, you're in. Right. All right, you have to do is right, have like a sure. 2.0 or 2.5. I think it's 2.0 right now. They may raise it to a 2.5, but a 2.0, which is not difficult to achieve. It's like what a C? Sure. Yeah, so a C, C average. Yeah. Right. And if students maintain that and want to do it, they can come to Riverdale. They can apply, and then a certain amount of students get into Riverdale. So we get ambitious from anywhere, students from anywhere in Jefferson Parish. Yes, rather okay. than students who <laughs> test in, you know, right, like right. Haynes and Patrick Taylor are schools where you test in, and those are the schools where you'll see like. Oh, four students got a 36 of the ACT because they're sucking all the kind of like hyper smart kids from sure. the gen pop of the big high schools. Right, right. right. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a way to get students who are not, may not be the most gifted naturally, but are ambitious and willing to work hard. And I'll take that any day. Oh, that would be me. That would have been me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's where I would have wanted Oh, definitely, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I've been like, "Oh, it's like close to Harahan," you know. Right, it was right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so the Rieferdale of the past has come a long way. Yes, Riverdale. <laughs> if you know, you look at the grades assigned by uh, the Louisiana Department of Education. Riverdale is an A school, right? Whereas, oh, like, nice. EJ's a C, I think, and Grace King's a C, and Bonneville's a D. So those are four Bonneville's major. A D. <laughs> those are the four major. High school's on the East Bank. Bonneville got a D. (laughs) But Riverdale being an A school, I mean, parents want their kids to go there, so. Yeah. It's good. Wow. So Riverdale climbing to the top of the Jefferson Parish High School heat. Can you believe that? That That is, like, unbelievable. That is not. When I was was growing up and you were growing up because we grew up together, Mm -hmm. that was not the case. No, it was not. Yeah, <laughs> we knew like half the people who went to Riverdale. Remember? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, went on spring break, or they got expelled from Rome. Oh, right, <laughs> right, uh, right. Reeferdale, Reeferdale. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It had a reputation. That sounds like a short duck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and so, what are you teaching day to day? 
I'm teaching film. Yeah. So day to day, I have a, um, an IB curriculum that I have to teach. So the students have to do four major projects over the course of two years. They have to do a textual analysis where they take five minutes sliver of a prescribed film. Um, the films are things like Do the Right Thing or Ida, you know, these sort of a little bit artsier, a little bit smarter films. Um, they take five minutes from that and then they break it down to its like components and they talk about how the film language is used to create meaning wow. rather than just the dialogue or the plot or things like that. Like, how does the camera movement tell the story, right? How does the editing tell the story? How I love that the, Do the Right Thing was included. That's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun watching that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's one thing. They do a comparative study where they have to compare films from two different cultures and times and talk about their similarities, differences. What's a good example the, of that? Um, they can pick anything they want. So I had a student who did Call Me By Your Name and Brokeback Mountain. Right? Wow. And she incorporated like, uh-huh. a whole wow. queer studies, like, right. queer studies, queer theory, um, and did a magnificent comparative study. Hers is the one I'm most excited about. And uh, also, we take these, these projects... And we send them to like, I don't know, into the internet, and they're graded in by um, assessors in, all around the world. So they send grades back to us, whether they get the international baccalaureate diploma or not. We don't decide that; oh, right? it's decided elsewhere. Right, gotcha. So I'm I'm really interested to see what the um, who are the assessors. They're different, like experienced IB teachers who apply to be assessors. It's a it's like an additional job you could do, or you know. Um, Yep. Mm-hmm. So they they also then they do like a film portfolio where they do examples of their editing and directing and screenwriting, you know, whatever they want to do. The film portfolio is like three different roles. We put that together and right now they're working on a collaborative film project. So that's an actual seven minute film that they shoot and you know, they have a director, an editor, a cinematographer, screenwriter, um, and they put a film together and they create it from beginning to end. Who teaches them the film techniques? Uh, me, you do. Yeah, well, I teach you as never, much as much you've as never I have invited time. me. <laughs> you've <laughs> never invited me to your class. <laughs> Damn it! I haven't not invited you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I have. I, just have, <laughs> I have not invited you. Right. <laughs> right. That's not kids. Duville. <laughs> it's not through anything at all. But um, I would like to get you and Paul in there, and you know, have a little chat with the kids about editing and film life. But I don't know where to put it. Yeah, Every yeah, day is yeah, so sure. busy trying to no, get them to to get these giant yeah, projects done. Also, there's got to be like weird HR things, like bringing in like creepy old white. Dudes. Oh no, we do it all the time. There's creepy old white dudes oh, okay. everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People bring in like their friends who are artists and stuff to talk about songwriting and you know Sweet. all kind of things. Yeah. So like Jonathan Fraley comes in and like yeah. people. Out. Wow, that's it's like super exciting. Like it's almost on 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 the same kind of uh, level in, in a way is like Noka you know like it feels right. like it's leaning in that direction it's a little bit more you know? of that sure because like Noka brings in people all the time you know? like, sure yeah 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 and it's also like really difficult you know it's what I hard. mean like it's way harder than anything I remember at all in high school I look at the the instructions that like they have to follow for these projects I'm like if I was in high school there is I, I would have just thrown this in the garbage and just been like alright fail can I, me can I tell you something like in high school I took typewriting twice with right. Miss Mellon because <clears throat> she was hot typewriting too I took, I took typewriting one and two, and I was sort of her intern or whatever yeah. in the second like I my took senior year too. so it was like junior 
So I was like, you know, 90 words a minute or whatever. And she's like, you're Did you cool. kick ass at typing? I, yeah, I kicked ass. I kicked ass at typing. I was 90 words a minute. That's a really good typist. So she was, I was like, Miss Mellon, what would it take me for, because it was like the sixth class. It was like the last class. It's like, what would it take me for you to let me, release me early, right? Yeah. In the last period of the day. Yes. She was like 90 words a minute. And I got there really fucking fast. And the next year, she's like, why are you back in my class? I was like, because you're dope and kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing you want to hear so I, hung, I know. So I hung, but I hung out like in the little like, back room lab or whatever. It happens. And I like how, and I helped her tutor some of the kids or whatever. Yep. And that's what my high school experience was like. I was wasting time typing ninety words a minute. You know what I mean? Versus like doing what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, David. Yeah, but you think about that typing skill now, Joel. And, and you know, oh, it does rock. I mean, it just it does useful. rock. I mean, think that about is it. It does rock. I'm it's hunting. Ca- and it's kind of one of the day. most incredibly useful. But the fact that I did things. the two years in a row, like I could have just stopped. No, I know. Right. Yeah. And had the same amount of skill. She you just... was really pretty. My <laughs> smell it. Well, that's worth something, right? <laughs> Can you type and not look at your fingers? Like, yes. 90, of course. Yeah. 90 words a minute? I, I can like I can open my laptop monologue. in the middle of the night and not look at the keyboard at all. Yes. And know where the keys are. Yep. And I could type like two chapters of a book without ever looking at two the, chapters of a book yeah i think you're getting ahead of yourself no i'm not <laughs> i'm pretty good dude two chapters while, of a book yes. while doing a head what are you talking about an 800 page book here <laughs> i'm talking i could do like man that's some i could do a, i could do a thousand words. i could do a thousand words if you could do two chapters typing without looking you know that was like pretty much mistake in a well, way. I mean, pretty much is uh, objectively. Speaking. I know that's objectively speaking. Then I, th- I think subjectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That we could make a documentary about you that would be as compelling. It's pretty good. As the as what the, the rock climbing documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the hero. A free typo. Free typo. <laughs> free typo. <laughs> <laughs> David Lindbergh, everybody. <laughs> free typo. So the Joel Jackson story. David, David, how'd you come to be in New Orleans? Did you grow up here? I did. Um, my parents lived in Atlanta when I was a kid. My dad was a my dad was a, a food broker, and uh, he was transferred around the country. And uh, we moved here when I was six. A food broker, like what? What, what is that? So he he would go to like grocery stores, and he worked for Green Giant, and just you know get that in stock. Frozen peas, like Cisco type stuff, mm. sort of world, or no? Yeah, he worked for big corporate food giant. You know, his yeah. his dad worked for Green Giant, and Got it. I'm not really sure on the specifics. He's kind of a sure. quiet guy, so he didn't ever really talk about a lot of that stuff. Some of those sales guys are very quiet interpersonally. Yeah, yeah. But he sold it. He sold the hell out of stuff because every year for the Super Bowl. He and my mom would go on a cruise to go watch the Super Bowl, so he was obviously winning the the big prizes, right? And then we'd have a giant party at my house because, you know, parents were gone. So Super Bowl <laughs> party at my house was oh because your parents were thing. at the Super Bowl. You no, know, well they were on a cruise in Hawaii I watching see. the Super Bowl. Why they go to Hawaii? And no you get, and you're like 13, 14, like throwing a party. Yeah, in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, this was but hair, yeah, this so is Harahan. They moved here. I lived in Metairie. Got so it. they they moved here when I was six, and they just stayed. From where? Uh, from Miami, Florida. So I was born in Atlanta. Then they moved to Miami. And your parents were they uh, immigrants or uh, like? No, they were our third, or fourth our, generation. Got it. My mom is like 
old school America, like you know, yeah. dirt farmer from the. 1600s are they still with us? Your thing. parents? Yes. Oh, good. Both of them are good. Yeah. And so they came from. My dad's from Minnesota. Okay. And my mom is from Georgia, and you know, always has been. That's a I fun guess. mix. Yeah, Minnesota, Georgia. <laughs> right. Right. My grandmother was straight out of Fargo on my dad's side. Is that right? Right. With that's the, that's you know, fucking. Don't dope. you know? And wood, all that. wood chipper. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That kind of. <laughs> that kind of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then my mom is just southern, and you know, southern bride of grace. That is a southern. really interesting mix, isn't it? Like, the total it's, Fargo Midwesterner and the total like. Uh, what it, it's like Fargo meets Magnolia. How's that work? A little bit. You know what I mean? I, guess. I mean it's it's not I, I, that I, different than my parents. You know, like I mean, Dad's from the Upper Peninsula, right? And the rest of his family's in Minnesota, right? Mom's right. from here. Yeah, here is a little different than Georgia. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you know? right. Is she from here? Like old school from here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, way old school. Well, she told some stories in the hospital room. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you go back to the late nineteenth century, you know, they got off the boat. You know, so right, exactly. right. Somebody had to get off a boat. At Essentially, some point. yeah, right. <laughs> right. right. So it goes back, you know, a little over a century. You right. Know, if you get down to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where we came from. But yeah, I grew up here. I, you know, I did the whole Rudolph Mattis, T. H. Harris. E.J. Rummel circuit, yeah, which you know makes <laughs> me a all the initial schools died in the old Jefferson Parish uh, educated Kid. human being. Yeah, right? yeah. That's what I'm very and proud of. And you're back at it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm going to make sure other people get the same quality education I got in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, my origin story. Nothing too exciting about it, but it's pretty exciting. That's what it is. Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. How many people listen to this show that like know someone who actually grew up like in that environment, Jeff? Like not you know, it's a you and Limburg. Well, I mean that's that's the thing about um see you guys so many y'all, of us moved from y'all who moved from someplace we, we, else. We accommodated it. One one so. one thing that you guys get to do if you move from somewhere else yes. is to for all intents and purposes, leave that stuff behind. You know what I mean? For like where you came from. That's right. Right. That's so they, right. And and then for for people like me and Dave, it's ever present. You know. Yeah. Because we're still here. We've obviously come to accept it. We've come, we've come to accept <laughs> it. Right. We're like right. this is our bullshit, and we're okay. <laughs> you know, we're going with it. We're running with it. That's right. Um. <clears throat> So, so I, th- I think there's a little bit of a difference there because, uh, like, you know, even even now, like on f- on social media and stuff like that, like you can't get away, man. Like, like there's always some fucking troll that comes on. You know, it's like some dude that I grew up with in Harriet. You know? It's like a Trump supporter or some shit. You know, you fucking asshole, man. <laughs> Whatever. You know, right? I didn't realize you turned into a dick. You know. Like, They're dude, talking about grew, me. They're just, talking about me. We just, right? yeah, we just I'm the happen dick. to be spat out, out of our mother's vaginas in like the same like radius or whatever. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. It's yeah, the only right. thing we have in common, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. We both right. arrived on right. Earth at exactly. the same time and place. <laughs> yeah. End, exactly. End of story. End of story. Like, <laughs> right. We both moved on. Right. Clearly. 
But if you think about it, Jeff, like uh, people are yeah. coming to this thing that we look at and go, what a hot mess, right? And people are like, hey, I want that. That's where I want to be in the world. People from Baltimore are saying, hey, I want to be in New Orleans. That's right. And I think, you know, yeah, that says something about why we stayed. Fucking right. I, I, yeah, yeah, it validates it validates our stay. It validates our bad decision. I, <laughs> <laughs> our unwillingness to escape. <laughs> right? That's funny. That's funny. Have you ever thought about leaving, David? I did leave for a short time um, yeah. in my previous career. Before I taught, I worked for Barnes & Noble selling books for a while, and I was a store manager for them. And they moved me to a few different stories, stores around the country. So yeah. I lived in Wilmington, North Carolina for a while. What did you think about like that? Three years. Yeah. Wilmington's nice, but it's very vanilla. You I'm know familiar, what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, there are a lot of good sort of quirks about it. Like there's the, the river and the ocean on both sides. It takes totally. like, a, like it's like 10 the, minutes. It's like the brine on one side and the salt on the other exactly. side. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the, mm-hmm. the brine and the fresh. On, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's a nice place. Downtown's kind of quirky, but it's, you know, whatever. And I lived there for three years and came back home because I wanted to come back home. And then I was moved to Gulfport, Mississippi, which is not all that exciting. Jeff came and visited me in Gulfport. I was like, I was like of Yo. the things we can do, there is a restaurant. <laughs> that was That's about right. it. That's right. Yo, uh, Matt Burke, shout out to Gulfport, Mississippi. <laughs> Another friend of mine. He's like, move from New Orleans to Gulfport, Mississippi. You're gonna need. You're gonna need to listen to this episode. Right. Matt, Burke, uh, say, Matt Burke. Matt Burke. I will play craps with you in Gulfport soon. I'm just gonna like declare oh. that right now. All right. Good. Good. You know, I have to say, Gulfport for its lack of culture. The people were great. We made a lot of friends. We had some house parties. We. I had a good time there, but it's not somewhere I would want to live. I need more culture in my life. Sure. sure. So then came back home. Quit that job, started teaching. Yeah. yeah right. Oh, you you started teaching like right after the golf board job. Is that Richard? Mm, um, like f- four years after the golf board. So I, we moved home from Gulfport. I worked at the West Bank for a while. And West then, Bank Barnes and Noble. Yeah, West yeah, Bank. Ah, uh, that's right. Right. Okay. And okay. then quit that. Right. And I, I just had enough. And the company was changing. The company was continually hammered by Amazon. And so sure. the way they had to run their stores became different, right? There wasn't as much capital to have as many people. And there wasn't, you know, and managers were having to do, instead of work in the office where you could focus and concentrate, you had to kind of be on the floor actually doing two jobs at a time. So you're running a register and trying to write a schedule. And therefore, there are mistakes in the schedule. Therefore, there are people who are ticked off that there are mistakes in the schedule. And just those kind of things spiral into yeah, yeah, a really yeah, yeah. annoying. What, sure, what, sure. what circuit yeah. you're retiring about? 2014. Yeah. yeah. So you were still rocking with the the, the uh, what they call it, the brick and mortar. In yeah. 2014. Twenty years from that's, 1996 that's, to 2015. Dude, so that's an years. accomplishment. Like I worked there for a long time. That's a, that's yeah yeah. That's and something. they're a great company. I mean, the people who work there, I love. I still have you know like family who works there and stuff. Yeah. Right. Um. But uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. It, yeah. was, it was morphing into something that I didn't like. Well, it was kind of an untenable yeah. sort of business model. Sure. And the coffee Clearly. shop just kept growing in power. <laughs> and, the coffee, and the coffee shop. Right. The Starbucks like the fucking took baristas over, start getting took over the books. And the baristas like, like go fuck yourself. Just took over book, the books. Book boy. They're like, Dick. fuck your book. <laughs> fuck <laughs> your Sylvia Plath. I have like espresso to sell. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off. We're doing coffee over here, pal. Exactly, bitch. What are you? Like... 
I know we only have like one percent of the fucking real estate here, but we're yeah. like it was like Lord of the Flies. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's just like that. Barnes and Noble. Pick on the fucking head because it's all about bottom line, right? Of course. And with yeah. coffee, you're selling a five dollar cup of coffee, or you're selling a cup of coffee for five dollars that costs you a penny to make. Yeah. So that's why. I mean, it's yeah, true. Sure. No, I know. With cheap labor. Right. Yeah. Cheap yeah. labor. Huge profit margin. Yeah, the coffee shop's taking over. But um, that's <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. But you got out of that, and you got into teaching. Let me ask you a question because this is something I never really understood. Is like, how did you negotiate the waters of getting Only your fuel. certification for teaching? If, I did the alternative certification through okay. what's yeah. called Teach NOLA. It's kind of like a Teach for America offshoot. Okay. And there's a lot of problems with these programs, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not a big advocate for what they do. The whole idea is that <laughs> these microphones really pick that up. <laughs> they by really the way, do. Right. It's just like right in the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, Miller Light commercial yeah. right in my ear. Exactly. <laughs> hey, everybody, real quick. Pat Blue Ribbon sponsor. It's Good Life Page Up. Union um, made. Word. Union. Union proud. made. <laughs> um, shout out real quick, and I'm sorry because I know you're so smart, David. You're not going to lose your train of thought. I don't know about that. <laughs> Matthew Slessler. I'm just calling him out right now. Uh-huh. Matthew Slessler from Past Blue Ribbon. Who's okay. my boy okay. who right. sponsored a ton of stuff that I've done in the music industry. We need sponsorship. I'm just saying, I just cracked a PBR on the podcast. You gotta fucking pay it back, bro. Look, we're looking at we're looking at PBR and we're looking at Presonus. Yes. <laughs> These are the two people we're looking for sponsors. Get your eyes on the sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. We need that. We need that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, There's big I'll- money in podcasts now, <laughs> I, in case you didn't read that. In I've the heard past it's a couple of days. Gold mine. Yeah. Forbes. <laughs> Forbes. <laughs> right. <laughs> The Forbes yeah. 500 is littered with podcasts. Oh, yeah. You can't believe it, man. <laughs> right. Podcast innovators. Anyway, so. Rocket to stardom, man. That's it. Well, you can lie your ass off and there is no stakes, you know? Right. We're not, we're not collecting blood here <laughs> in, little, right. in little miniature containers right. pretending that it's real. Uh, <laughs> was that shit the most outrageous thing you've ever seen in your life? That was, I, I, you know, what I was going to post on on Facebook today was this: was that if we didn't have a president who was the biggest fucking liar in the history of liars, that woman would be the biggest liar in that that all of us had ever seen. We're talking about the HBO documentary, The Inventor. Did you watch it last night? I did not watch it. Shockingly. Seriously good podcasting skills right there by (laughs) introing the documentary. (laughs) That was killer. Yeah. No, no. Seriously. Like, she is... As you watched it, this is what I found. Because I was inspired by you. I didn't realize that it had dropped yet. Because I had seen... I had checked my app earlier in the day and I saw that it was coming but I thought it was going to be on April 1st for some reason and then I saw your Facebook post last night kind of late and I was like ooh I'm watching that right now right you know so I dialed it up and as I'm watching it in the middle of it you begin to realize that every single fucking person that has a brain that was involved in this thing who's legit is like she's lying about everything this machine can't do anything right. that they prompt. Not even, not jack shit. Like, imagine if you had a bicycle that you made and only one fucking wheel worked. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You had a unicycle instead of a bicycle. Right. You know what I mean? No, and, but you couldn't even drive it because like the other wheel is dragging behind. You know, and what I mean? covered in blood splatters, broken in glass. blood splatter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm telling you right now, this is what they had, and and it was and much more highly technically complex. And 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 a person who was told by somebody who is in the know early on at Stanford who has is the head of like of the science department for no not the head of the science department the woman anyway who said who's just like you can't she's like in my in the practical experience of doing medicine there's a reason why blood sampling hasn't changed for such a long time because in order to conduct the many many tests that have to be done you have to collect a volume in order to be able to do it right you know and she just lied. She did. She did to that woman what she did to every other employee that came along after that. If you doubt me, you're fucking wrong. And right. you're fired. And you're fired. Right. And so she, then she went and seduced essentially an right. old man um, who was the head of the science department at Stanford, and that's what unlocked all the fucking other shit. Right. You know. That's what led to. Colonel Mattis, you know, or General Mattis, sure. yeah. and Henry Kissinger, and Schultz, George Schultz, and the whole fucking nine yards. And you just see this pattern of old men who are just smitten yeah, by this young Rupert woman. Murdoch money. Totally smitten. Yeah, like Butina. By her. Butina? Butina. Right, she's got these big eyes, yeah. and they're like, and they're just totally fucking smitten with her. Right. And she's, and she's just lying through her teeth to the tune of... Of nine billion fucking dollars. She's also terrifying. Like you look at her face, and she's got these giant blue eyes. Which, if you just look at a photograph, oh, that's an attractive human being. But in 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 uh, when they animate, right? She doesn't blink. She just stares directly at the person she's talking to, and is focused like a laser, and is spouting the most ridiculous bullshit that has nothing to do with reality. And they're just like. Held back by her, or blown back her, by her, uh, her, uh, her, the force her, of her will, her, I guess. No, I, I, I would say this: her alienship. <laughs> she just might be an alien. I'm just gonna say it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you ripped her skin off if there was a lizard, look. There, lizard person. there are alien. Look, we're she's a goddamn we're, lizard person. She's we're, a we're, we're stupid. We're we're dumb if we don't think there's aliens on Earth. Okay. Okay. And this is one of them. Okay. Like that's just it. Like, she's a fucking alien. Yeah, it's a whole David Icke thing, right? That's her. <laughs> Lizard person. I'm down. Look. Uh, I like to think there's but, benevolent aliens. But I just, I just, just, benevolent. I just want to say, like, it's... it. When you're watching a document, when you're watching a documentary, and you realize, like, halfway through, that everything that you've heard this person say up to that point is absolute bullshit. Every yeah. single thing. Like... There is no instance of this person presenting themselves in public where lying isn't happening like at the 85th percentile of the time that the person is fucking speaking. Right. I mean, seriously, seriously, when I tell you this, I I just want to say this. This company went from like 10 billion, from a $10 billion valuation and in like two years became literally worth nothing. Because that's how sociopaths operate. They're 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 actually like on a mission to destroy themselves. That's what I believe. And uh, and the 
I mean, that's been the well, track they, record of the ones that I've dealt with well, in my they, life. They you know, pro- like they they're project on. their shit onto others. But my point, Joel, is this: is this is that even when the opportunity presented itself for her, and I've described this in my own business dealings with my partners, right? Sure. That it's going to be the worst decision, no matter what. I said that about Trump. It's going to be the worst decision all the time. It's going to be the most destructive decision all the time because that's it's it's part of his personality. He can't get away from it. He can't. And the same thing here is like at the end of the day, she had an opportunity to sell the company. Even the McAfee guy, the crazy, the crazy lunatic McAfee guy Belize. who murdered three people in Belize. In Belize. Even that guy had enough sense to get bought out. Okay? And, and, pr- even, and, and protect himself. At a like, certain legally, point, legally. at a certain point, when when the higher up employees came to her, there was because there's more to the story than it was told sure. in the in the thing. Right. And I've read a few of the articles. And it was like she had an opportunity to like at least get the valuation, get some kind of valuation out of it because there was there were uh, there were assets and and equity, right? <clears throat> Get somebody to come in who is qualified to do the job, and she rejected it completely well, and totally. And and everything that that company was worth, I'm I'm serious when I say this. Th- these people recouped nothing. Right. And I don't feel bad for like. A bunch of super rich people that didn't recoup anything off of an investment. <laughs> I really, I mean, world's the biggest, smallest violin. I don't care. You right. lost, you lost a bunch of money. Tough luck. Um, but the stupidity was like just unfucking real. Man. What do you think about Dan Early, the behavioral economist, who talked about rolling the dice and you know that whole experiment they did, where people had to say to themselves whether they were going to pick the top of the dice or the bottom. Right. Yeah, I, and, I didn't quite understand like what that thought experiment was. Here's how it know? works. Right. right. Tell All right. Me. So it's either you you say to yourself, it's either going to be the top of the dice or the bottom, and I roll the dice, right. and it lands on a one, and then you tell me, oh, I picked the top, and you get a dollar. Oh, I picked the bottom, and you get six dollars because the six is on the bottom of the dice. Right. Right. So right. I roll it again, and I'm like, top or bottom? Figure it out. You hold that thought in your head, and I roll it, and it comes up with a two, and you're like, bottom. And then I give you five dollars instead of two dollars. Yeah, yeah. Right. So right. the experiment showed that people beat fifty-fifty. Right. Every single time, they right. will lie a little bit in their favor, not too much, but a little bit in their favor, and. Um, so, so when they are doing it for charity, they say instead of you getting the profit, they say you're doing this for charity, right? So your money is going to go to, you know, whatever charity. Okay, so now I'm going to roll the dice. Does the percentage of their winning go up or down? It goes up because they're doing it. They're lying for a, a, a beneficial cause, right? right. They're, they're lying for right. something that is good. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. saying that's how these people's brains operated like that's how her brain operated in that she so believed that what she was doing was for a good cause that she convinced herself that the lying was okay okay i i all right i just i'm not saying this is anything i believe i'm just saying they presented that during the documentary what do you think i can believe that as a as a thought experiment 
in human behavior that that exists. But it also provides a pass for the maliciousness. Uh, if you think, if you think about it, you know, I mean, it does, and and it's a dangerous pass because it's a, it's the white privilege pass, you know, which is like there was some mental defect, but I believe that she's mentally Sociopath. defective. It's that she's a sociopath, you know, and that, like that's the thing that we should be like finding in human beings in our society and, and, calling it and rooting out. You can know I, what I mean? Um, can I and say like, something like, as, a, like, as, a, as an avid gambler? Like she's a, she's a, she's, <laughs> she's a malicious human being and she knew exactly what she was doing, you know? Because and, if that, if that, if that experiment is going to be pure, right, she can't profit. And boy, did she profit. Like she had, you know, she was worth $9 billion at one point. It right? wasn't even just that. It was like they, the documentary even like kind of pulled some punches. Like she was clearly romantically involved with the other big uh, investor guy and that guy was so on fucking cloud nine about the fact that he was like Sonny was involved romantically with her because all the big wigs wanted to be it was clear that they all had big time man crushes on her right and and he was like I'm bringing it home you know what I mean so he was blinking blue eyes so he was all in he was he was all in and she was also like cognizant enough to know that she had to like go all the way with that guy because he was the principal dude that was providing really this biggest bulk of money right. that really kicked it off right, right, right. in the beginning. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? And, yes, of and, he, and he required power, you know, in exchange for that. And uh, she knew that it had to be mollified some way, you know, that it was at a higher level than just, you know, uh, a tidy brush up against George Schultz, right. you know. At a at a cocktail party, you know, or something right, like that, right, you know, right. it, it needed more, and uh, and and that bespeaks to me, you know, a certain kind. Of, if I could play prosecutor, you know, it's like that bespeaks a certain amount level of manipulation, you know, which is like clearly that's her a list skill, right? Right, that's what that, she's best at. Yeah, that's what sure. she's best at, mm-hmm. you know. Like she mm-hmm. would probably do well, you know, like managing a casino. I thought the best part of the whole documentary <laughs> you know what I mean. were the guys they interviewed who were like laughing, and the one guy who was like, "Look, I can't beat the laws of thermodynamics. Like, I can only build this to be this way, and it can only do this much stuff, right? I can't. Yeah, it's got to right. be bigger. It yeah. can't be this size because physics <laughs> won't allow it to be any bigger than that. I know. I'm sorry. And the level. And of, she was just like, "Well, then you, do, you yeah, know, you're fired. To work you're here. fired. Right. Right. Yeah. The level of intolerance was like unbelievable. You know, it's just like." Why can't we make it the size of like a Kodak processing machine used to be in a Walgreens? It's going to Walgreens. They had gigantic these machines that processed your photos for a long time that were bigger than this. I mean, they were. Right. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, you know, sure. you go. Yeah. It's like the size of this table, you know, or bigger for crying out loud. Right. And like, this is the reason why your top engineer is getting fired because the size of the device right. can, can't be altered? <laughs> right. This is the reason? <laughs> right. That makes and no the guy's sense. guy's like, I, no one's going to be it's able like, to do this. It has to be the size of a fucking printer. <laughs> right. No matter right. what. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gambler. <clears throat> I'm an avid. Mm, I'm a, I've been, I have been an av- avid gambler mm-hmm. in my life. Okay? So, like, the difference between 49 point... I think this is somewhat related. Between 49.7% of a winning rate versus a 52.1 percent winning rate makes your life you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah, hell yeah like that's it 
the what are those like seventeen like percent? It's like it's like a very small margin of winning or losing, and of course there's a shit ton of corruption that goes on to manipulate that margin. Sure, is I think to what we're talking about, like people move mountains to go from forty nine percent to fifty one percent in the gambling world. They just do, you know, and sure. cas- in casinos. And horse racing and everything. Because one is profit, one is loss. Because you get if you get to fifty one percent, you're made. You're profit. If you're forty nine percent, you're a hobo. But here's the the issue in the uh, in the medical world is that you're dealing in life and death, and and you're dealing in reputation. And right. if you, I mean, one would think, you know, that if you have a product that's so faulty. You know that I mean, it's amazing even to me that Walgreens was willing to place this piece of garbage. You know, fuck into, Walgreens, man. Into <laughs> yeah. into stores as an experiment in Arizona, right? You know, and people went and like, can we do a dog out their, of the week? Can we did do a dog out of the week? Play, yeah, go ahead. It shouldn't be Walgreens, but it, no, it should be Walgreens. Can I just say CVS? CVS. <laughs> <laughs> CVS has nice social justice issue stuff, and Walgreens sucks. Well, maybe I need to switch over to CVS. Fucking right, you do. No, I I just say that you know, like, it the whole thing is completely perplexing, you know, and and it just shows you how stunningly convincing um, one good-looking person with who's a sociopath can be in America, yeah. you know, because it just and seems culture. to be. Ankled. It just seems to be like I. You know, what did I say? Stunningly good looking. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. See, whatever. She's it's like. She looks like you know, like the. Like she looks it, like a ghost. The, she look. She looks like the ghost from Poltergeist. Is a, I, she, she looks like she Rick does. Scott without his wig, like, <laughs> with a wig on. Right. She looks just like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she certainly would be. You know, at the top for candidate for Wicked Witch of the West in a green costume. But speaking of politics, not to change the subject, but to change oh, the yeah, subject. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, right. let's talk. All right, Bring it. I got an issue oh, with both did. of you. Oh. Yes. Right? Okay. Oh, ageism. Ageism. Yeah. No one over 60 Bring is it on. bullshit. No, it isn't. It's bullshit. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's nonsense. No, it isn't. You cannot say people that, die. That, that this one fucking arbitrary line... People die when they get old. So Yeah, true. People die when they're young, too. They get sick, and they die more frequently than when they're younger. Just hold on a second. By a greater... Let's, this let's, arbitra- let's let David make his much, point. Okay, no, this right. arbitrary let's, number... Let's okay. After. 78 is, is an arbitrary number. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. This No, 60 is an arbitrary number. Yeah, yeah, so, it is for so me. Let's yeah. let's explain, Jeff. Explain yeah. your explain your issue. With it. Um, I, your, your I, I made a hashtag called "No One Over 60 and Why? I'm sticking to it. Why? <clears throat> um, because I want to win twice. <laughs> you want to win what? I mean, tell me the whole detail. The, uh, the presidency twice. Twice. So you're saying we should Eight not years. nominate anyone who's over sixty years old? Exactly. So no one's sixty-one. Exactly. No one who's had their 60th birthday. I mean, I could go up to 62. You know, I could Maybe. So then it's no one over 62. Maybe 62. Yeah. For me. But it just sounds better as a hashtag, is like, you know, to say no one over 60. Look, can I just say something real quick? And I know we're going to get into the age. I mean, because well, it, make, it makes you angry because your candidate is going to be 78 years old? No, no, no. That's not the issue at all. What's the issue this? is the issue is that no one, really no one, you're saying that no one can function at 65 years old. 
I'm and not, be no. an effective president. No, I didn't say that. I didn't. I, I that's will not say what that. I'm saying. I do say that. That's not what I'm saying. I, what look, I'm there, saying there, is, there's, there's like is a, that I want to win twice. Sure. And I want to win twice because, uh, I mean, I don't feel like I really even have to explain this very much because it's like, it's like certainly for, for women's issues in the United States, the Supreme Court is just so monumentally important. And it's desperately important now because, you know, so many people manage and the hugest error in judgment that's ever happened politically in our lifetimes in 2016 that that it has to be corrected and the only way to correct that is to outlast fucking Clarence Thomas because he's now the oldest guy other than the Democrats on on the Supreme Court and the only way to get the majority back is to outlast him which means we got to have eight years and we need somebody who can be elected who's not in their 70s going 70s. or 80s going in their second term. Pause this for is a second. seriously salient point and I cannot believe that people don't bring it up. You are and, assuming that Clarence Thomas is going to stay in office until the next person's elected, that he's not going to step down at the end of Trump's term or near I the end of Trump's term. I am assuming that. Cuz now Why wouldn't he? Well, cuz he's getting super jazzed about himself right now. No, as a, as a, he's, he's talked about like wanting to retire soon and these other. No, kind of that's things. a front. I think. I don't think so. I think if he steps down and allows Trump to nominate the next person, of course, and, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell shoves it through. But let's get back to ageism. Wait, hold on. If Mitch McConnell sure. shoves it through, then you've got like a forty to fifty year old Supreme Court going no, into like you. generations ahead, and that is more in line with what Clarence Thomas wants out of this world than I got you. him sticking around. I, I'm Court. with you on. I completely agree with you on that. I think that that Clarence. Well, Thomas, until until that day comes, he might I'm no. Not. He might step down early, and I've heard those theories floated that he might do it. I know, but that's a might. But here's the thing about, that's a might here's the thing about our candidates on the I don't want a might democratic side <laughs> I don't want to win I look age matters you go to kindergarten when you're five because age matters you go to high school when you're 16 because age matters you get a driver's license when you're 18 because age matters age fucking matters you get to have sex with someone legally when you're 18 because age matters. You retire when you're 65 because age fucking matters. Look, I love my mom. She's dope. She's awesome. She's progressive. She's Bernie Sanders age. And when the weather gets a little fucking rough around the house, like it's a little rainy and a little cool, her bones hurt. And she's not that productive during that day. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I don't want the person leading our government. I want Bernie Sanders to lead our policy, but not doing the day-to-day. Is this a Bernie-specific argument? Well, no. I mean, let's be frank. No, it's a Bernie. Let's be it's frank. Joe Biden. It's uh, but, 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 Dave, let's be frank. Like, it's Hillary Warren? Clinton. It's Elizabeth Warren but, for me. But, but between you Absolutely. and me, between you and me, this argument between you and I came about because of Bernie Sanders. Because you were defending no. Bernie Sanders. Well, I you know, and I always was. I mean, I love Bernie. I've loved Bernie, love Bernie for too. decades, right? I've I've I was a fan of his in like 
early 2000s so maybe not decades that might be a little bit much but yeah in the early 2000s Great. when he Great. was on the front cover of the nation magazine uh as the independent congressman who sure. was an actual socialist from great. vermont great i was a huge fan for a long time right. and he's got a special place in my heart okay that's fine right. but the 60 thing the thing that gets me with it is elizabeth warren elizabeth she's warren is 69, 69 years old i yeah. think she's too old she is smart and capable and will be great from 69 to 73 no, to 77. Because you're not doing the math right. She'll be 71 great. going in. Who gives and a she'll shit? be 75. I give a shit. Re- running for the second term. Old. I think she's so, too old. She should be a consultant for the party. She's right. too old. She's right. to do brilliant. Day, she's too old. She's know, brilliant, but, but she's too old to do day to day governance. Seventy five. Look, there's a retirement age. It's 65. really old for somebody to be re- running for re-election. Sixty five is the retirement age because that is a sort of worker privilege, right? That's sure. not because unions. an incapability uni- uni- enters no, your life. Uni- no, unions. Unions from smart people who are under sixty five created that. Correct. So that we could exactly and set the retirement age for Social Security. That all happened in the middle right. of the 20th century, got which it. is the greatest time in the world. Right, progressive post World War II, all that stuff. Yeah, I got you. But I'm just saying that like those those guys should be our like. We don't have this in America where we have like this like um, Superman type like or Avenger like Marvel world like uh, consultants like the people who sit on like the dais. Like Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren should be on the dais. Bernie Sanders should be on the dais. They should all be on the dais, the dais of our like how to run our shit. But the person I, doing I just, the day to day should be fucking Captain America. Should be like look, the young I, person. I, it's just a really simple point. Is it? Is this that? You know, it's people getting really concerned. Who are voting for people about people who are old? They just do. It's a real factor, and and it's it's seventy somebody being seventy five years old running for reelection who's going to be seventy five going in is to me not a winning equation, and that's why I want somebody. Well, I mean, he's an idiot. I mean, that's that's we're not we're not talking about we're arguing about that's the bar Republican candidate should be the bar where I'm not arguing about that we're just talking we're not talking about his qualifications we're not talking about his you know I'm not we're not we're not talking about he's too old too he's too he's all talking about about all of his stuff he's too old but Jeff just argued that people aren't gonna idiot people are gonna vote for someone because of their age yes no he's an idiot they are I know but you're talking about idiots. I'm talking about like passion. Look, you I'm have talking about idiots. Do you don't it, think people, that people are passionate lose, about like, being look, stupid? I'm 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 David, <laughs> like forty I'm, million David, people I'm, in America. I'm fifty years old. Okay. Yeah. I'm slipping. Okay. I hear you. And I think that I probably couldn't past fifty five feel adequate about running for public public office. I ran for public public office sure. in New Orleans, uh-huh. and I don't think past like fifty five or sixty, I would feel comfortable doing it. Because just, just, it's a I, hard job. I just want, and you have to you have well, to work twelve, fourteen. Well, if you're days. if you're not an idiot, you know it's a hard but job. But I'm just saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you're not. I'm just saying, like, I I would never I would never ask a constituency to vote for me if I'm at a place where like figuring out how to order an Amazon thing to the Whole Foods locker confuses me, which is like what happened to my mom the other day. Do you think that you know. confuses Elizabeth Warren? Yes, I do think it confuses Elizabeth. You know, don't, I don't. dude. She I, was. I, I saw don't. her on CNN last night. 
Look, look. Oh, I think that that's fair. I mean, she, I'm, not, she has the plat- I'm not bucking that. She has you know the, what? It doesn't. It doesn't. She has the platitudes, but she doesn't have. She doesn't understand like modern shit. Like that is a problem with old people. That's hold a on, problem with old people. It hold is. on one second. She gets the platitudes. It is. Let me drop something about my mom. Please. Okay. Go for my it. My mom in 1967 was hired by IBM. Right. Sweet. She, she gave up that job because she got pregnant with me. Right. Okay. It was a good gig. She was a math major at Queens College in North Carolina, and nice. She it would have been oh, a Queens very. Queens College. I grew up in right near there in Charlotte. By near the Charlotte. Yeah. 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 No, right there. Yeah. Like right by Queens. Oh, really? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. She she would have right there. She, she would have had a very productive career. Great college. Right. Yeah. So early, you know, stock options, other things. It would have been a very different situation in our family had she stuck with that my mom right now is sharp as a tack she understands all of internet platforms she understands how computers work she understands she does all her books on quick she do day-to-day governance could she of course my mom is a, a a war horse right she could do any of that stuff were she so inspired or were that her skill set it's not but right. if it was she could she absolutely could. I know, but you know, that mom. Does, okay. you know mom. But that, yeah. but David, yeah, but, that doesn't mean David. But she's not, respectfully, she's not. She's not slipping. Respectfully, that doesn't mean you can't generalize to everyone else who's that age. You That's my point. You just can't. That's my point. You can't exactly. Correct. Generalize, and but, you can't but anecdotally also, say. But also, I, people no, over I, sixty are too old to be present. No, I can't. But no i can just i can just make a choice that i don't, i just don't want that because and that's I, what i'm doing I have a vote i'm just making a choice that i don't want to do that that i prefer the younger candidates for a lot of reasons other than just um you know because with every subsequent year that passes for somebody at that age the chance increases exponentially that that slippage is going to occur and everybody's going to be hound dogging it the way that we're hound dogging it on hillary clinton when she just like had some stumble. The stumble. You know? and she like, stumbled. Oh, she must have had a stroke. It ruined her campaign. <laughs> you know stumbled. what I mean? She had a stroke. Hillary Clinton stroke. Stroke. Everybody stroke. Stroke. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. I mean, that's what happened when Hillary Clinton had one tiny little thing that happened to her. Right. And, and my point is, like, I think she got that, feckish. You know what she got? She got feckish. I think that that's. I don't know what feckish means, but it's. <laughs> you don't know what feckish like, means? No. <laughs> it's a little like balmy, like she didn't have enough uh, food. Oh, okay. Peckish. All right. Peckish. Oh, trust me. Human dictionary. I am a complete. I am yeah. a conflator, so I did like. Look, I, I, look in in person. In per- I, I appreciate. Peckish is when you get fucking peckish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, David Lindbergh, everybody. <laughs> feckless, peckish. Oh, feckless and peckish. Is yeah, what I was that's doing. what you're thinking. Of. <laughs> I, I'm glad that we get to discuss this in person because you know it it, it alleviates the the non the non-filter that happens in on social media. Sure. Because I just think you know whatever. I don't. Uh, you can call it unreasonable, but I don't think that it's unreasonable. You know, I I wouldn't wish it. I mean, my father is uh, 78. You know, and I wouldn't, I mean, obviously, you know, my father has his own challenges, you know, that, that would prevent him from doing that, but I wouldn't wish it on him. And, and frankly, I don't think that Bernie Sanders like looks the part of somebody who can handle eight years no. <laughs> at going in at 78 years old and coming out at 86, you know, being like kind of hunched over the way that he is now. Um, I think, you know, to your point, 
like Warren looks really like in good shape. Yes. And Biden looks like he's really like in decent shape sure. for, for somebody his age. But at the same time, it just doesn't, that doesn't mean a lot to me because what I don't want is the iron drag of somebody who's 75 you know, being the candidate, and that's what I don't want. What I what what I would like to have is somebody who is you know like from our generation, who 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 has who's in that sweet spot, you know. And like Joel and I identified that, you know, it's like, what is it? What is the sweet spot? Forty two to sixty two, you know. That's I'm not saying they can't do it. the job, you that's know. It. But I'll just say this: if you rewind the tape and you look at Obama and George W. and Clinton. And look at them when they came in, and they were all <laughs> relatively young. In great shape. As as presidents go, we've had yeah. three relatively young presidents in a row Indeed. who came in. Indeed. Um, and when they go out, oh my God, they're all totally gray and totally aged. You know, because I mean, a because hard job. because if you really care about doing that job, which is the current president doesn't give a shit about anything. Sure. So yes, I agree. Like maybe the stressors of the, the stresses of that job aren't affecting Trump in the way that a normal human being would approach the presidency, you know, but he's a moron and a sociopath and he doesn't care. So it doesn't affect him the same way. But at the same time, I, yes, do I worry about him? This is a guy who feeds uh, sports personalities that come to him fast food and likes fast food himself at 70. How old is he now? 73 is ancient. And he likes right? But what? one second, right? Eight years ago, I was nowhere near this gray. I was nowhere near this, let's say... Svelte. Fucking fat. Right? <laughs> I was not the That's same person. I, I need was. to see those photos. <laughs> Eight years ago. I need to see the photos. I, I was... I was. Uh, I had nowhere near the amount of gray hair. I had nowhere near the amount of beef. I was not the same person. It's because the aging in that time is just brutal, right? The eight-year span that happens... Happens to everybody. It no. doesn't just happen to presidents. Come on, dude. It, it, I know, but gray hair is not created no. by stress. Gray Dave. hair is created by time. Dave, I, I don't I'm have sorry. to look that up. Dave, yeah, I'm look sorry. At, no, look it up. You're wrong. It's good. Gray, can gray <laughs> hair be accelerated no, by stress? No, because I've done two things in my life in the last eight years. I've gotten grayer and less gray, and my eyesight's gone and come back to me in the last eight years because it's about stress. So I got grayer and then less gray, and I got like. My eyesight got worse. You and can't it got get less better. gray. You can't ungray. No, it did. Hair. It just happened in my life. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> well, you're you're like an. Amazing, but you got, you got I'm, a unico- I'm a unicorn. <laughs> you're a unicorn. I'm a unicorn. You should immediately. You're a beautiful unicorn. I'm just girl. saying, yeah. I'm a unicorn. But look, you can't say the job. You should immediately check into the. I can't say clinic. the job's not the toll exactly. Like because they would you should be studied. Dude, studied. I've been. I've been okay. One of my subjects tonight. Was no, like, you should check into the hair club for men. I've been uh, taking. I've, I've been taking and my, I've been taking ninety second micro naps, and it's like been cha- changed my world. Ninety second micro naps has reversed yeah. your gray. Yeah, like I was taking a ninety. I, I put a timer on my phone in ninety seconds. Oh lord! And my, I can. You know those beautiful eyes aren't blinking. I can at me. feel. I can feel. <laughs> There goes the Canseco sponsorship. Thanos. There it goes. <laughs> right. Joel knows. Joel knows. Joel. What time are we at, dude? Uh, we're over an hour now. We're oh, an hour? Jesus. Look, oh, yeah, I want to say a couple of things. Just just because divisiveness. divisiveness. Um, we are not divisive. No. No. Look, let me just say this. If 
if Elizabeth Warren winds up being the presumptive nominee, then I'll be perfectly happy with Hell that. Yeah. You know, right. I won't be happy if it's Bernie. Seventy-eight is just simply too fucking old, and I won't be happy if it's Biden. He's too yeah. old. You yeah. know, those guys are too fucking old. Eighty-six years old. There is no way that Bernie's making it through but, that job, man. Okay. He can't do it. But, you know, the, and, and that's it for the, me. The device, Bernie, the device. You know? I got a feeling it might be Biden. The device, the device that I'm talking about. No, I don't think like it will be the false equivalency between the right and the left. Right, we're not a divisive country. We're the three of us here are civil, sure. tolerant people, right? And the other people are not. So it's not like well, a that's the definition of divisive. No, but like you told me this on the phone. You're like, there's no, there's no like two, there's no two sides, you know. There's the one side that's like, no. But what I mean by that is that there's not, there's not two equivalencies. Is what exactly. I, that was the point that I was right. making. Exactly. Is that people are trying, you know, media trying to paint it. Media as, constantly paints. That's what I'm saying. The equivalent that there's, you know what I mean? Like they're that they're yeah. Uh, terrorists on the left you know they had this guy who like counted the number of terrorists right and terrorist actions that happened yeah right uh, they're almost all white men you know except there's there was one black actor on the left right in the Dallas shooting right what else the guy who shot and then he counted he counted them over the Steve last Scalise. yes but he was only able ever to count three instances right. on the left sure three instances of violence that occurred in mass violence that occurred on from somebody who was motivated by leftist politics and this innumerable headcount of right wing terror sure. that that occurred like it's just too many to list like and in fact as he was listing them i was counting the ones in my head that i was aware of that he didn't list 73% so it's 73 fucking percent that is right-wing not terror so our media will take 3 Versus practically all the rest, you know, 73%. And the, even the, the rest of the remaining 27% that's in there is going to be, is filled with like, you know, uh, foreign acting terrorists. You know, it takes up a certain amount. Straight up right? psychos. And yeah, not yeah. left, like left wing is tiny in yeah. that number. Just sure. tiny, right. right? And media will take that tininess and make it into something that if you're listening to anything that's mainstream, like Today Show or anything like that, you would think that that one guy that shot Steve Scalise is represents you know a a straw poll of you know of everyone on the left. You sure, know, we're all just sitting there right. waiting with. What are we going to do about this violence with, on both with sides? With bated breath, you know, <laughs> right. and with our guns sure. cocked and ready to go sides. after the fucking uh, the right wingers. Out there in the world, which like nothing could be further from the truth. It's sure. just we just don't have that. It's not the 1960s anymore. Like there is no violent left wing faction. There isn't. Right. There have no. There are There's no. There are no even like instances of Antifa committing stochastic terrorism. Even. Yeah. You know, like them putting out media releases that encourage people to commit violence. In a way that is deadly against uh, people who are Nazi sympathizers and white supremacists, even though that's their primary goal is to stop those people. You know, most of the the, the lion's share of the actions of people who are involved in Antifa are p- 
purely peaceful in terms of research and the dissemination of knowledge about who it is in the community is uh, potentially a right-wing terrorist. So they're anti-terrorism actors who are acting in the public interest and and in the media you know and you would think that seriously that antifa is like way more dangerous than right exactly than than anyone out there they're the most dangerous group i hung out with those dudes in dc um a lot and they're not they're they're pretty dope they're anti-fascist that's all it is how hard is that they they dress in black (laughs) and they're like don't fuck with us and that's it Right, you know, on a lighter note. Okay, maybe into the show. Yeah, maybe this, and we might need to go out on this. Maybe go out on this. I got a dog out of the week. No, we do need to go out on this. Dog out of the week. Yeah, (laughs) give me some echo. Okay, dog out of the weed. Group friend text threads. Group group friend text threads. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I know. This is a problem, dude. David, tell me about it. Yeah, it can on. be it can be like the most <laughs> annoying thing in the world, but you just gotta learn how to mute. Right? Oh, you man. gotta learn how to mute. Hey, there you go. That's right. <laughs> you just gotta learn how to like turn off notifications. Just, like, so the, it's not it's not the worst. It's not the worst. Right? You look Kills at your me. phone and you got eighty five you know, eighty five alerts, but your phone hasn't buzzed <laughs> once or blinked or whatever. Okay, because you, you mute it. And right, because you mute it. Because you go in but and you're like, like Dave do not Clemens doesn't know how to about mute. this conversation. Neither does no. David Burley, who no. who gets hives over a freaking group text. No, he like, just gets mad about it. He gets angry. Right. right. He gets right. angry. It's like so, there is a solution. I have like fifty different fucking group text threads and every no one knows who's on it and people get into trouble for the shit they say on it because they don't know who's on it. Yeah. And it's it's just too much. The best thing Stop to do it. if you want out, say something obnoxious and then block everybody. That's what I do. I say I something obnoxious every day. <laughs> right. I'm just block everybody. Be like, I know, screw all of you. Why don't they just give us the option to not be in it? You know what I mean? And control. Yeah, you can't that. get out. You, you can't you get can out. Get out if it's all like if you have an iPhone and it's all iMessage. You can get right. out of that. Exactly. But if one person has an Android phone, you're screwed. Dude, you're in so, forever. Yeah. So I have like one group about like Pelicans, one group about Saints, one group about yeah the Mardi Gras Indian, one group about whatever. And I, the funniest thing was like. No one again in the in the spirit of no one knowing like who's actually on the thread. There was this like Thanksgiving thing going around like last fall, and my boy Jesse shows from Colorado is like, I can't come down for the Saints game against the Steelers because my wife's in laws just moved here and it sucks and I hate it and I can't believe I can't just bring my boy down and go to the game. And his wife immediately texted, like, really, Jesse? Because <laughs> she was on the yeah. She was on the thread. And no one knew she was on the thread, right? Nice. I'm telling you, man, this group text thread is, like, out of so control. So you, you get in trouble. Rich VK knows what I'm fucking talking about. This group fucking text thread is out of fucking control. So I'm getting everyone on Slack. I agree. I'm getting everyone on Slack. Yeah, you're trying to get everybody on Slack. Trying. It's true. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I'm half with you on this because that's how I control it. You know, it's just uh, muting the whole thing. I mute it. Just I mute. Because the yeah. other thing is that, uh, you know, like, 
like for instance, like the ba- I have no problem saying this, man. That the Bantex threads, you know, that's the bane of my, <laughs> right. you know, like it comes sure. through, and the sure. people are like, "Oh, what's going on, man? You got a new pedal? You know, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sounding good last night, <laughs> you know." And it's fun for a second, you know what I mean? You know, and it's like, and then you, and then you're like, "Well, this isn't information about like the when, where, or why of a gig, or like when, how do I collect my money?" You know what I mean? And yeah. so then you're just like, it's kind of fucking pointless, it's not a, you know? It's not a union text thread, which would be no, great. No, no, yeah, right. But the best thing about thread. muting it is but like, you muted. can go back and just flip through and no, be like, know, okay, here's that whole conversation instead of being notified every time someone says something. Well, it doesn't, it does notify you be silently. Silently. You know, right, exactly. So who cares? Right? Well, yeah. You look I mean, in your pocket, you're like, oh, there were, oh, there were like points 30. of discussion. So I'm going to flip through those and then I'm done. Right? But my phone didn't go off 35 times in my pocket making me want to flip it. Well, that's that's what happens to Burley because he doesn't Correct. get it under control. That's right. You know, and, he's got to learn how to internet. And I agree, but I still think you know that our providers need to do us the favor of allowing us to have the control over it to allow to us out. to get out. Sure. You know, I think that's fair, right? It's yes, fair. absolutely. That's worth a protest. The only alternative is call not Antifa. With anyone who doesn't have an iPhone. Yeah, Man, Antifa know. needs to get involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> It's even easy. No, I got a black band. Oh wait, what happened to fucking? <laughs> what happened to Anonymous? By the way, do you know? Uh, no, dude, anti- they disappeared. Anti gravity needs to get on top of this. Remember, well, like, isn't, isn't two Anonymous, years ago, Anonymous was like the hottest thing. Isn't Anonymous were, the hive mind of the chans? Right, the eight chan, four chan hive mind. What that, happened, Tracy? Tracy Q-Anon knows. Wrote QAnon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Exactly. You posted No, that. I posted about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. No, no. Like, listen to this. This is our fucking priorities in yeah, this right. country, right? Yeah, right. I mean, obviously, like, 50 people getting killed in a far-off land is sucks. huge because the guy was inspired by Trump. But at the same time, I want to reiterate this. The fucking head of the Gambino crime family got murdered by a fucking by a Trump. Bag. A Trump... <laughs> QAnon terrorist. Right. A chan troll. Like over a fucking <laughs> girl or something like that. Right. You know? And it's, I'm like... His you days are, are numbered. I said, you are so <laughs> fucking dead, man. You're so right. dead. Because right. like those guys he's have so, no idea what the he's fuck... so fucking dead. Those dudes are like sitting around going like, what the fuck did he fucking... How, why? What's this Q bullshit? What is he, some queer? What is this What's fucking this bullshit? What's this Q queer shit on his hands? He killed him. He shot him for what? Some queer killed him. He didn't even this take the money. This not gonna happen. He didn't take the money. <laughs> well, you was it I mean? prostitution or was it drugs or what? What? They killed him because of some fucking canon killing. What the fuck is that? And then he's gonna. They're just gonna like. Yeah. That guy is gonna get yeah. Guinea cross tied. Whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. Guinea cross tied. I don't even know what they call That's it. That's gonna be the name of the episode. Guinea cross tied. Is gonna get fucking like whatever the worst Italian Sicilian Shit. thing is. That can happen that to you. Think of whatever the fuck. You is. like white nationalists? Think no. you know some shit? What is like? You guys fantasize the, the Colombian <laughs> necktie. You're gonna give uh what what do they call it the uh the 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 blood eagle? I give you blood eagle. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you pull the lungs out, you know, to make them into wings. You know what I mean? Right? That's the, gonna be some shit that's the like Viking that, thing, dude. right? You know, the they're gonna keep you. They're gonna keep you. They're gonna keep you alive like as long as they possibly can while they're torturing. You. No, it's gonna be like one, like tiny little pike <laughs> to your carotid artery, so that it just leaks out slowly. slowly. Yeah, right, so exactly. You die. So you know yeah. you're dying. And it's just going like. 
but it's gonna take a while, so you're gonna have right. this like existentialist like moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then and then we're gonna talk. You start to feel a little tired. We're gonna fucking talk. We're gonna have a little conversation. About <laughs> fucking stupid you for are. about eight days. <laughs> and on that note, and in those eight days, you're gonna become smaller as a human. <laughs> I think that's a good note to go out on, John. David. That's what I think is going to happen to this guy who's like, I'm QAnon. Ridiculous. like, you are an it. You have no idea what's coming to you, man. Oh, my God. That dude's fucked. I know. Super fucked. I've never been able to guarantee that an inmate is going to be so super fucked. (laughs) Right, right. I guarantee you. It's not going to be a shiv. It's not going to be a quick shiv. I guarantee you of that guy's death. Oh, yeah. Right now. Oh, yeah. It's going to be slow, though. It's going to be slow. Everybody's on. Everybody, we might not agree about politics, but we agree. We've hit, we've hit a hundred. We've hit a hundred. We've hit on that shit. It's fucking kumbaya right now. <laughs> Around this guy getting raped and killed. <laughs> getting whacked. <laughs> there you so go. Slowly killed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel. It's a, hey, it's a good it life, It's a good life. It's a great life. That's right. David, do you agree? As long as you don't kill somebody who's in the mafia, it's a good life. <laughs> it's, it's a good life. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Dave Lindbergh. Thanks for coming on, man. Love you we guys. appreciate it. And You're the best. Uh, we're going to have you on again. Word. Uh, it's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, signing off from episode 152. Yeah, you're right.